Thank you, Brother Sean. He's a gift, right? To our body. Praise the Lord. He will be glorified in this service today. Amen. Amen. I have total confidence in that, that He will glorify Himself through this message because it's His Word. It's not my Word. And I know He'll glorify Himself because two or three are gathered in His name. He's in the midst to bring it to pass. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, I was so humbled, I actually shed a tear there, and I don't like doing that <laughs> before I get up to speak, but I was just humbled to think that the Lord is here this day, you know, April 28th, 2011, He ordained, now I've been praying for a couple of days, I said, Lord, you bring the people here that you, they need to be here, that need to hear this message, so I was humbled to think wasn't but a few years ago that I wasn't serving God and that He would see fit to glorify Himself to use me and to bring you here. And you know what? He has a word for you. He's had it prepared before the foundations of the world. He knew what you were going through this day in your lives and your circumstances. And He has a word for you. And He pre-planned this long, long time ago. Isn't that special? Isn't that special? All right. Let's open up in prayer, Father. We do thank you. And we praise you. And I thank you, Father God, that you will speak through me and to me. I thank you, Lord, that you use me. I'm yours. I decree that your will be done in this service today. That your word, word will go forth. I thank you that there's eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts that are receptive. Because we prayed, Father, the ground has been opened up and it's ready to receive, Father. You're good, imperishable, incorruptible seed. And it shall produce much fruit, Father. So we thank you for the planting process today, Father, for what you're going to plant inside of us. We give you the praise and the thanks for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I don't know a whole lot, but I do know this. The Word of God says, For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to you this day. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has had me here to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of our Lord. And that is 2011 right now. Okay? So I do know that much that He has anointed me. And I just thank Him and praise Him that I have the opportunity to always be with you on Thursdays, but to be able to share God's Word. That's one of the greatest privileges that I have, is be able to share the Word with brothers and sisters with family. I count that a privilege and an honor. What we're going to be talking about today is we're going to pick up where I left off probably about a month ago. And I know some of you were here. It's called Disciplines of Faith, Part 2. Remember how we talked about the Disciplines of Faith? If some of you were here... Um, I'm going to just reiterate a little bit to catch you up, and then we're going to get right into it. Disciplines of faith, this is part two. A discipline is defined as a state of order based on submission to rules and authority. A set of methods or rules regulating the practice of a church order. We know our God's about order, amen? All you have to do is start back in Genesis, that He is a God of order. We're going to look at various disciplines of faith. 
is Paul calls them in Romans 4.12, steps of faith. You've heard Pastor Craig use that term just in the last month. So I'm going to tie that together with this message, disciplines of faith or steps of faith. Well, you know we're supposed to be going from faith to faith and glory to glory, right? Okay, so we're constantly taking steps. We're going up the stairway to heaven, so to speak. We're going from faith to faith and glory to glory. You might be asking, what does this have to do with healing class? This is healing service, right? Well, I'd challenge you to, today to say it has everything to do with healing service. And not only that, but every area of our life, wholeness in totality. We are made complete in Christ Jesus. And so as we look at these disciplines of faith, look in them in light of where God has you, what he's enabled you and equipped you, and where he wants you to be. What is faith? We're talking about disciplines of faith. We define discipline, but what is faith really? Well, we defined that last time. It's believing and trusting in God. That's the basic definition of it, is believing and trusting in God. Remember Abraham, he's called the father of our faith. And it was accredited unto him as righteousness because he believed and trusted in God. That's all he did. He believed and trusted in God. Well, we have God. We have his word, we have his spirit, we have the Lord Jesus Christ. So the least we could do was believe and trust in God, right? And that is our faith. And I want to tell you that your flesh is not going to like the word discipline. Maybe some of you have already started saying, oh man, discipline, you're talking about rules, you're talking about you know, order and submission. I can tell you the flesh will be in opposition to this message today. But I can tell you, if you can set your flesh aside, we can renew our minds, Romans 12, 1 and 2, and we'll look at that in a little bit, and you get your spirit man, and you get your soul man teamed up, you can put that flesh under, and it has no say in the matter. But I'm telling you, it's always going to oppose this message that we're talking about today. It's always going to oppose discipline, and it's always going to oppose submission to God's Word. It's always going to be that way. So the sooner we recognize and learn to deal with it, the better off we'll be. We're going to have to renew our minds to God's ways and His Word. That's no news to you guys. We talk about that every time. But your spirit man will be okay with these disciplines. Your spirit man is going to be fine with these disciplines. It's your soul who is the deciding factor. Okay, So you decide who you will side with this day and from here forth. It's going to take some effort on our part to discipline ourselves to God's order. But we can do it by the grace of God. Amen? Because God's grace is His ability to do in and through us what we have a hard time doing on our own. So if you have a hard time achieving something, or if you have a hard time understanding, if you have a hard time walking this out, whatever God has put in front of you and His promises to you, don't worry about that. That's where you need to team up with God's grace. That's what His grace is for. Where our abilities leave off, where we come up short, we, we do our part, and God's always faithful to do His part. That's where grace comes in. That's one of the blessings of grace of God. Now, these things may sound easy to you that we're going to talk about, but if it were as easy as it seems, everybody would be walking in the fullness of God. And we know that that's not happening, but that's not uh, any condemnation to anyone. That's just a... Uh, uh, an exhortation to say, hey, we can, be, we can walk in the fullness of God, but we're going to have to take some steps. We're going to have to discipline ourselves. Okay? We in agreement with that? All right. 
I've learned in almost 50 years of life that anything worth having requires some discipline in my life. How about you? It really does. I mean, if you look at your life and anything that you've had that you consider worth of a worth, you've had to discipline yourself in one way or another. Okay? That's not God's part, is to discipline us. That's our part. Okay? He's already provided everything. He's already done everything. So it's my part to discipline myself according to His Word, to His promises. And see, that's where a lot of people get mixed up. They're expecting and wanting God to do everything when He's done it all. Now we have to discipline ourselves. We have to discipline our flesh, which is in opposition. we got an enemy. A lot of times we're blaming the devil, but really it's just the flesh, this earth suit we're living in, is opposing us. So if we can recognize and understand where we're fighting against or what we're up against, you'll be a whole lot better off to be able to address it. I can assure you this, that if we don't discipline ourselves, we will not walk in the fullness of God. And I don't know about you, but I want to walk in the fullness of God. If it's been made available to me, then it's been made available unto you, and I want it. I want it, I want it all. I don't want to leave anything on the table, and it's available unto us. So how about we start today and let's make a decision and change the circumstances that are surrounding us, change the situations around us, and discipline ourselves to do Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, brothers, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to present yourselves as a living sacrifice unto God this day and every day. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of his mind so you will know what his perfect will is and you'll be able to discipline that flesh. That's not a new scripture to you, but you know what? No matter what I teach on, whenever I teach, somehow it always comes back to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Okay? So, I mean, I don't know why God always says... We've already covered discipline 1 and 2. And you can go back and you can get that CD, you can go get it out of the uh, media center, and it would do you good to get that because we're going to look at, hopefully discipline three and four today it might only be discipline three but we looked at discipline number one and number two and I like how the Lord laid this out I'm not saying that uh, that it couldn't be in a different order but I see how the Lord has laid it out for me to teach this and discipline number one was to submit to the Word of God submit yourself to the Word of God give God's Word first place that was discipline number one or we could say step number one. If we're going to go up that ladder, discipline, d discipline one, step number one is to submit to the Word of God. Listen, guys, without step number one or discipline number one, there can be no other steps. <laughs> Do you get that? Okay, there can be no other steps or other disciplines, for only in God's Word will you find all the other steps and disciplines and how to walk them out. So you're going to have to submit yourself, first of all, to God's Word, and that is step or discipline number one. You can't do what you don't know, okay? You can't do what you don't know. And a lot of people are there. They say, well, I've never heard that before. I've never, I've never you know, experienced that before. Well, if you don't know it, how could you walk it out? That's why you need to be in God's Word. God's Word needs to be first place in your and my life. Discipline step number two was to acknowledge him in all our ways. Discipline number two, or step number two, 
was to acknowledge God in all our ways. Proverbs 3, 4, 5, and 6. You do know that you can know God's Word and still not submit to it, right? Come on now, we see lots of Christians around us, brothers and sisters. We love them. We encourage them. I've been there. Sometimes I'm still there. We're all working on it. But we can know the Word and not submit to the Word. Very important to recognize that. Discipline number two is to acknowledge Him in all our ways. I can know the Scriptures inside and out, but if I don't acknowledge Him, it's all for naught. You get that? You can be a scholar in the, in, the, in the Word of God, and if you're not submitting to God, and He's not giving you the direction on when to do it, how to do it, then it's all for naught. And I, can, I know you know people too that it can quote you scriptures. You have heathens out there who quote you scriptures. Some scriptures that you and I don't even know. But they're not walking in it and they haven't acknowledged God and it, therefore it will have no effect on them or you and I. Okay? So we need to acknowledge the Lord in all our ways. You've heard Pastor Craig preach on this many, many times. It's one thing to have a verse. But is this the verse for me right now for this circumstance and this situation, God? You just don't take a verse and you, you expound on that one verse and that covers every area for all time. God's Word is forever truth, but for each circumstance, He wants you to ask Him. He wants you to acknowledge Him. I'm teaching that with my kids right now. I mean, I have one that's three and one Lydia's nine, and I'm constantly saying to them, ask first. Ask first. I know what's best for you. I know you think you know what's best for you, but you're three and nine. Okay? And God is saying that to you and I. He's God. We're not. And all He's saying first is ask first. Acknowledge me, and I'll tell you if that's where you should go. I'll tell you if that's what you should say to that person. I'll, say, I'll tell you if that's what you need to be doing. Amen? Something as easy as that. And you know what? Discipline number two and step number two is basically just prayer. That's what it is. To acknowledge Him in all our ways. He tells us in His Word to pray always. How in the world could I pray always? How can I acknowledge Him in all my ways? Just constantly asking Him. Prayer is a conversation between you and God. Hey God, what should I do here? What do you want me to speak on today? What do you want me to say to this person? How would you like me to counsel to this couple today? How, well, how do you want me to treat Jerry today? What should I do with my kids? Constantly talking to God. That's what prayer is. Prayer isn't going somewhere and, and, you know, thou art and he this and that and, you know, you have to do it for five hours or, you know, all this religious nonsense that we talk about. Prayer is just conversing with God all day long. And as you start doing that, as that becomes a part of your life, I'm telling you, you'll be walking in the truth of God and you'll be walking in the light of God and you'll stay out of all these messes that we've been getting ourselves into by not acknowledging Him, and by not talking to Him. Amen? Amen. Something simple as that. Just tweaking us and turning us so we're headed in the right direction. So, we're going to start now. And like I said, you can go back and get those teachings. And I would really say, I'd encourage you to do that. Because without step number one, step number two, it's going to be hard for you to understand where we're going with this or what the Lord has laid out. This is His message. Says, the next discipline or the step of faith is number three, and it's to stay in love. Okay, so first, we're acknowledging God's Word first. Second step is to acknowledge Him in all our ways. 
And number three is to stay in love. Stay in love. What's that mean, Chris? Stay in love. Stay in love with the Father. Stay in love with the Father. The Bible says that we have forgotten our first love and we went and pursued other things. To stay in love. I'm in love with my Father. I recognize I need Him. I have to have Him. I am nothing without Him. i got to stick close to that vine because I need the very life of God dwelling inside me. I need Him guiding and leading me into all truth, showing me things to come, revealing things that I've been taught and learned in the past. I need Him. I'm nothing without Him. I'm nothing without Him. So I need to stay in love with the Father, and then I need to stay in the principle of love, that's what we're going to look at today, in the commandment of love, in the doctrine of love. God is big on love. You're going to see why. He's big on love. I'm big on love because God's a big God and God is love. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we need to be big on love. Listen, guys, our faith works by love. Or we could say that our faith operates by love. And you'll find that in Galatians 5, 6. We're going to look at a lot of scriptures, wet those fingers, because we're going to be going back and forth, and, and a lot of scriptures say, we're not going to turn to each one. But Galatians 5, 6 says that our faith works or operates by love. Well, then it would be do us good to check out love, right? Because we want our faith working, right? We're a faith church. We're faith people. That's what pleases God. So we want to be looking at how does faith operate? It operates by love through love. Example, just like our vehicles run or operate by the engine, right? Without the engine, you're not going anywhere, right, guys? I mean, that car could be sweet. <laughs> it could have all the bells and whistles. But without an engine, you ain't going nowhere. You can sit in there and look pretty all day long, but you're not going anywhere. How about these physical bodies? They run and operate on our heart, right? They operate on our heart. We can look good on the outside, be all dressed up, looking fancy, looking for a place to go, but if our heart isn't operating and functioning correctly, we ain't going nowhere. You know, and I've been dealing with a lot of people. With the, uh, the big thing, it seems to be, you know, I rebuke it in Jesus' name, is this congestive heart failure. I've had a lot of that where I've been praying with people and visiting with people. And listen, guys, your heart malfunctions and it's not operating correctly. It's affecting the body. You ain't going nowhere. Just like the engine affects it. Well, love will affect our faith walk. And this is where we've been missing a lot of times, guys. I like to, I like to you know, uh, dig in a little bit deeper and find out because, you know what, I can stand up here and preach a good message to you or one that sounds good, but if we don't get the details of it and we don't find out where, you know, sometimes we've been missing there or where the enemy can come against us, then, you know... We can go out with the word and then the enemy tries to steal that from us and sometimes it's so easy for him to steal it from us and it's not operating, functioning. And that affects our faith, right? That affects our faith. So we're going to look at some things today and the main emphasis of our faith operates and functions by love. We're going to look at a lot of love today. Okay? 1 Corinthians 14.1, you don't have to turn there, but it tells us, you write down these scriptures. Every time I mention a scripture, I would challenge you to write it down. And then go home and study it with your mate. Study it by yourself. Just study what we're talking about, what God has laid out for you today. It tells us in 1 Corinthians 14.1 that we are to pursue love. 
We are to pursue love. That means to go after it. Okay? Or we could say pursue God. Well, that st sounds like step number one, discipline one, right? We are to go after the Word of God, put God first place. That means before your wife, <laughs> that means before your golf game, before your hobbies, before all those other things, God is first. He's first place. He's always first place. Everything else will fall in the line if He's first place. I'm pursuing God, or I could say I'm pursuing love. We don't have no problem with pursuing God. But some people have problems with pursuing love. Okay? So, let's look at it a little bit. It would benefit us to look at love and to get an understanding of how love and how it is to operate and function. Because we are to maintain our love walk, just as we are to maintain our engines in our cars. I mean, you might not do a whole lot, but at least you take it somewhere, I hope, and have the oil checked and... and clean out the air filters and put plugs in it or whatever they do now. Uh, uh, you, I hope you do that because if you do not, your car won't last long and you will have a breakdown and then you'll be not going anywhere. If you do not maintain this physical heart by you know, eating properly, watching your diet, don't getting all worked up over things, you will have a breakdown, you'll have a meltdown and you will not be going anywhere. So just as the vehicle needs the engine, these physical bodies need the heart, Faith needs love, and we need to maintain our love walk. Are you seeing where I'm going with this? Our faith operates and functions by love, so we need to maintain our love walk. Okay, and it's not a hard thing to do. In my observations, though, this is one of the most difficult disciplines. And so far, the Lord has seven disciplines laid out. So I'll get to share a couple more with you in a couple months or another month from now, and we'll just keep going with this. Actually, I'm planning on writing a book about the disciplines of faith and just how the Lord has laid this out. I think it's really special, and we'll see if it is to anybody else. <laughs> I know it won't be. So, in my observations, though, this is one of the most difficult disciplines. Not to find or to get, because we have the love of God in us, but to remain in. This is one of the most difficult ones I see. I see that we can seek after God. I see that we can acknowledge Him. But maintaining our love walk, and we're going to see it's a big responsibility on our part, is not only to our mate and to our kids, but to our neighbors. And not just our physical neighbors that live right next door, but that means no matter where you're at, at Walmart, gas station, wherever, a neighbor is the one next to you. Okay. In fact, Jesus had to spend a whole lot of time with the boys explaining the importance of love walk, didn't he? I mean, you go to John, we're going to go there. I mean, he took a lot of time, kept coming back to him about love. He had some of them wanting to bring down fire. He had one, you know, that was a wild man. He had all kinds of disciples. And we're no different. We're, the, we're those disciples. And he kept saying to them, hey, guys, it's love. It's love. Why? Because God is love, and we're going to look at that. We're going to look at eight areas of love, and I pray that I get these in. And it's not an exhaustive study by any means because love just keeps going and going and going and going. It's one of my favorite subjects. I've I, I went through the Bible, I don't know how many times, and wrote down all the love scriptures and, and just keep going back to that and doing word studies on love. But here's what I found out about love. You know, we can never understand the height and the depth and the width and the breadth of it because it just goes forever. Because God, it goes forever. He's love. 
Okay? So love is, you know, I have eight areas that we're going to look at, but man, come on, with God, we'll be learning about love from now forever. Because that's who He is. That's special. That's what keeps me going because if I could know that He only had eight areas and then I could learn and study all that and there was nothing else, I'd probably get, I don't know, I don't want to say I'd get bored or tired or whatever, but I'd say, wow, I got these down. But with God, that's what's so special about Him. That's what, how He keeps me so attentive to Him because He's so big that I'll always be asking questions. I'll always want to know Him more and just to understand His attributes and who He is. How about you? Amen. Amen. Okay, so turn with me to 1 John. We're going to look a lot in 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Verse 8, we're going to start with. So the first area that we're going to look at, if you were writing down notes, that God is love. God is love. He doesn't have love. It isn't one of his attributes. He is, guys. He is. That's who he is. It isn't like, okay, look up here for a second. It isn't like, here's God, and then, you know, he's one of his gifts of the Spirit is joy, happiness, peace, and love. And No, God, when you see God, God is love. That's who He is. It's not a byproduct of who He is. It's who He is. It's so important to understand that because, if, well, as we go, I don't want to get ahead of myself. 1 John 4, 8. It says in 1 John 4, 8, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Jump down to verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. So there's two scriptures, and there's many more throughout 1 John that decree that God is love. Okay, very important. So would it be safe to say that everywhere you see the attributes of God, you could substitute love in its place? And I challenge you, because God is love... That's a great study to do, guys. It's a great study, and it'll build your faith up. And when everywhere you go and you see an attribute of God, where it's explaining God, put love in there. And then vice versa. Everywhere that you see love, put God in there. It's a powerful study to do in the New Testament, to replace God with love and love with God, because we see that God is love. So that, that isn't taking Scripture out of place, right? That's who He is. Okay? Challenge you to do that sometime. Number the second area is the law of the New Testament is love. I thought we were redeemed from the law and the curse and all those things. The law of the New Testament is love. Okay, so we being the good boys and girls and law abiding citizens that we are of heaven, we want to abide and we want to remain in the commandment of love. Romans thirteen ten. You'll find that, Romans 13.10. Look with me at 1 John 4.12 while we're there, because you're in 1 John. 1 John 4.12. And we're going to do that substitution thing that I just explained to you, and I want you to see how this works in just a couple of verses. 1 John 4.12 says, For no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. How about verse... 1 John 4.15 Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So how about this, guys? How about if we substituted where we see in verse 15, 
were God with love. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of love, love abides in him and he in love. I don't know if that ministers to you right now, but if you do that study as I explained, and go up to verse 12, what we just read. No one has seen love at any time, or we could say God at any time, but if we love one another, love abides in us and his love or God has been perfected in us. See how you can change those out? Because God is love and love is God. And what it will do is it will increase your faith. It will increase uh, uh, your place with him. When you understand and, and understand and walk and know how much God loves you, I'm telling you, it will change your life forever. There isn't anything that can come against you. Now, it will try. But he loves me. <laughs> he loves me. I don't know about all you guys, but I know he loves me. <laughs> I do know. I'm just saying that. But you know what? I have to get to that place first. He loves me. And then when I understand how much he loves me, Chris Palmer, the messed up kid from Zillionopal, <laughs> and how he changed my life around, then I'm able to then give that love out. Okay? And I, and I believe because I have life in abundance to the full till it overflows that love pours out of me i believe that you know i i believe that you might differ with that but i believe with i believe that the love is pouring out of me into you guys into my family into everyone i come in contact with just like jesus first john 4:18 says let's look at that while we're there there is no fear in love but perfect love cast out fear because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. There is no fear. Let's substitute that. There is no fear in God, obviously. We know that, right? But perfect God, our God, cast out fear. Okay? No fear. No fear here. How do I know that I have the perfect love of God, Pastor Chris? The perfect love of God, perfected in me, because of area number three. Area number three. His love is mine. His love, who he is, is mine. And I'm going to prove it to you. So if we're looking at eight areas of love, his love is mine. First John 4.12. We already read it. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. If we love one another, love abides in us. That's not peace, love, joy, happy. it's love. God love dwells inside us. 1 John 4.15 Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. But now that we switch this out to what we've been doing, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, love abides in him and he in God. We're not talking about a, a lower uh, attribute of love. We're talking about the love of God. The love. God. Okay? He dwells inside you and me. Alright? My favorite is Romans 5.5. 5. Romans 5.5. 5. You can turn there because a lot of times when you see that in the scripture, you highlight it, it'll become real to you. I can quote it here, but I want you to see it. Romans 5.5. 5. The love of God has been shed abroad or poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The love of God Listen, guys, now think about that verse for a second. 
The love of God has been poured out into yours and mine's heart. So who he is, not just, okay, here's God, and then I'm going to give you some of my love. No, God, who is love, has been shed abroad in your and mine heart. So we have it already. Now for me, that doesn't get any more perfect. Doesn't get any more perfect than God's love, right? Can't get any more perfect than that, guys. A lot of times we can't, we can't attain to that. We won't let our minds go that love has been perfected in us, that we have the perfect love of God, which cast out all fear. I'm telling you, you got it. Now, we need to develop in it. We need to grow in it from faith to faith and glory to glory. We need to d- discipline ourselves to His Word and find out what does that mean. And we're going to look at some of that today. But you got it. You got it. You know, that, that's a blessing, isn't it? You got the love of God. You got God, all of Him, inside you. Now, for me, it's a lot easier to develop in something when I know that I have it than tr- me trying to go get it or trying to think that I have to attain to something. How about you? If I know that I have it, I'm not working on trying to get it. Amen. So if I have it, okay, then I need to know how does it operate? How does it function? I'm not trying to spend my efforts and sp- discipline myself to try to get something that I already got. Now that I got it, and I'm saying to you guys, you got it too. Anyone that has asked the Lord Jesus Christ into his heart or her heart has the love of God shed abroad in their hearts. So I have perfected love in my heart. I have that. Or you're going to see the benefit of that in a minute here. Turn with me to 1 John 4, 17 to 18. We were just there. But listen to verse 417. 1 John 417. One of my favorite verses. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Now you've heard that scripture many times, the last part of that. But love has been perfected in us. Go to verse 18. Because there is no fear in love or no fear in God, but God cast out fear, or the perfect love cast out fear. Okay, so if I have fear in my life, and you know what? That's, that's, a, that's a spirit that tries to attach itself to us all the time. But I'm telling you, it has no place in you and I as a believer. So if you acknowledge that, and if you dwell on these scriptures that I'm sharing with you today, that God has put in my heart to share with you, He wants you to know that fear should have no place. And you know what? I, I guarantee you, Pastor John's going to reiterate this in the next month because of the messages that are coming up. No fear or um, fearless. We're supposed to be fearless. Okay? How do you know that, Pastor Chris? No fear here. I'm not supposed to have any fear in me. Fear is not supposed to be able to control my life. How do I know that? Because I know 1 Timothy 1.7, For our God, or because love has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, or God, power, and a sound mind. 1 Timothy 1.7 needs to be in your, in your holster belt as one of your bullets at all times. I've not been given a spirit of fear. And either of you. No way. No way. I'm not saying it won't try to attach itself, but I haven't been given a spirit of fear. But I have been given a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Wow, well, God's really set us up, man. 
He's really set us up for victory, for triumphing, to be more than conquerors. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, let's deal with it right here and now. You're here for a purpose today. You're here maybe because there's something afflicting your body. You're here maybe because something's not going right in your life. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's broken relationship. Whatever it is. Bad reports, no place here. No place in me. I have no fear of bad reports. Bad reports, I won't accept them. I won't accept them. Symptoms that are contrary to the Word of God, fearing symptoms, I won't have them. I won't give them place. Amen? Amen? Amen. Hey, wait a minute. That wasn't in my holster. <laughs> you know, I can't be pulling out empty blanks and filling them up with what the world and what the devil's trying. No, no, I've been given a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Fear has no place in me because love has been perfected in me. Now I'm developing in it, but hold on, devil. You have no place coming here and telling me, giving me a bad report about my health, about my finances, or about relationships. To hell with you. That's where he belongs. And... Because love has been shed abroad in my heart, which is God, and if He's for me, there ain't no devil in hell that can stand against you and I. He loves me. And His love has been shed abroad in our hearts, guys. We need to believe it. We need to receive it. It's already yours. Accept it. Take it. Listen. I think sometimes we, we feel like we have to totally understand everything. And we don't. Because if we understood it all, we wouldn't need faith. That's what faith is for. Okay? And I think with, a lot of times we need to have everything in order. I sometimes get to be like that, you know, with my business and uh, just with everything. I want everything, you know, I want, to, I want to have everything, try to get it. But you know what? If I know everything about the situation, the circumstance, I don't need faith. And if I don't need faith, I really don't need God. So, don't be concerned that you got to have it all figured out. I don't know about what he's sharing up there. I don't know about love of God and you know, big love, his love and who he is. He's in me. I don't need to have fear. Forget all that. Put your faith, discipline yourself. To say, no, this is what God's Word says about me and my circumstances. And I don't really understand it at all. And you know what? You don't have to explain it to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. I don't have to explain it to you. This is what the Word of God says. I believe it is my father Abraham did. And it will be credited unto you as righteousness. Hallelujah. Okay? If you and I would meditate on God's love and get a re revelation of how much He loves us, there isn't anything that you and I couldn't do. I'm trying to attain that. Okay, There isn't anything that we could not accomplish if we truly understood how much God loved us. If you don't get anything else out of that today, I hope you get that. That there isn't nothing that you and I couldn't accomplish or attain to if we truly understood and grasped how much God loves us. Because why? How can you say it, Pastor Chris? Because if I had no fear of failing, or I had no fear of rejection, I could do anything. I could do anything. And see, you know, it says, as he is, so are we in this world. Jesus went about without fears. He had no fear of anyone or anything. 
right? Come on now. Jesus didn't fear anything. Storms? What's a storm? Fear of a, a devil or a demon? Come on. Come on. I know who I am. My Father loves me. I have perfected love in me. Fear? Come on, boys. Don't fear. I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. No fear here. And that needs to be our attitude too, guys. No fear of rejection, no fear of failing because my God is always with me. He never leaves nor forsakes me. He is with me. The love of God has been shed abroad in this heart, in my heart, in my spirit man. My spirit man is teaming up with my soul man, which my soul man is saying, yeah, I believe you, God. I believe you. And you know what? You'll defeat the flesh. You'll defeat the enemy. There's, he won't have no place in you. I'll tell you what, he, he'll try to come against you, but pfft. Philippians 4.13, how can, I, how can I really understand and walk in the fullness of Philippians 4.13 that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? Because I can do all things through love which strengthens me. <laughs> Philippians 4.13, Philippians 4.13, we say I can do all things through Christ, okay? Greater is He is in me than He is in the world, but I can do all things through the love of God, through love because love never fails. Praise God. It never fails. Love never fails, guys. That's not what Pastor Chris says. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to look at that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through the love of God that's been shed abroad in my heart. Praise God. Turn with me now to Romans 8. Romans 8. 35 to 39. Okay, so we're we're on this subject that if you didn't if you wouldn't experience rejection or if you weren't worried about failure, okay? What would you be able to do? Who would you be able to be? What could you accomplish for the kingdom? Romans 8:35 to verse 39. Who then shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am persuaded, guys, and I am totally convinced that neither life, death, angels, principalities, powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor debt, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. This is Paul speaking, and he went through some stuff. We always look at that. He went through some stuff. But you know how he continued to go forth? In the love of God. I know who I am. I know what, what his plan and purpose is for my life. And nothing can separate me from the love of God. Persecution, famine, nakedness, shipwreck, cold, heat, food, hungry. I got the love of God on the inside of me. There's no fear here. And I shall accomplish everything that He has ordained for me to do and to be. That needs to, we need to discipline ourselves, guys, to that attitude, to who we are in Christ, to that love that has been shed abroad in our hearts. And I'm telling you, if we will discipline ourselves to the love that's been shed abroad in our hearts, we'll be able to go through some stuff. 
and come out victorious as more than a conqueror, praise God. Ephesians, flip over to Ephesians. Ephesians 3.17, familiar scripture. Ephesians 3.17, I pray these almost daily. Ephesians 3.17, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that we being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, and depth, and height, there it is, and to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge, that you may be full with all the fullness of God. Amen. Well, there we go. We're talking about, we start out saying that we wanted to walk in the fullness of God. We, we see it's available to us. How do we do it? Through love. Love. Through God. Love. Area number four. Love is a decision. Love is a decision. You decide, not God. Okay? You decide whether you're going to walk in this love or you're not going to walk in love. You decide, not your spouse, not your pastor. You decide. It's a decision. You either decide to walk in love or decide not to walk in love. And that's basically where the rubber hits the road, guys. When you walk out of this room, I guarantee you, Sometime today, you're going to be able to have an opportunity to either walk in love or say, well, I'm not going to walk in God, praise God. Do you hear what he said? Do you hear what she said? Do you hear the newscaster? What's going down? Hey, come on now. This is where it gets down to it here. You decide. Love is a decision. God will grace you to follow through with it if you stand on his word. Or, I said, or the devil will side with you with not deciding to. And here's a great indication to see if you're teamed up with the devil. If you're not walking in love, here's a great, here's a great indication if you're teamed up with the evil one, is if you're having a pity party. If you're having a pity party, I'm telling you, you're not walking in love. He, the devil, will always try to deceive us into thinking, nobody cares, nobody cares about you. He doesn't love you anymore. If he loved you, if she loved you, she wouldn't say those things to you. You lie and deceive and no good, nobody. Who are you? My God loves me. And you know what? If Jerry wouldn't love me, I still know my God loves me. And that's number uno. My God loves me. And see, guys, I'm telling you, if we will discipline ourselves with discipline number one, that God's first place, I acknowledge him in all my ways, and then I continue to walk in love. You know what? Jerry, my kids, somebody not loving me? Now, that will never happen. She loves me. <laughs> but, but God loves me. My God loves me. He loves me. I'm the one he loves. Okay? So, I'm saying that we can get sidetracked with, with having... The influence of thinking other people aren't loving us, or that they don't care, or or they, you know, how they treat us. Nobody appreciates what I'm doing. Forget all that. God loves you. Move beyond that. Discipline yourself, guys. That God loves you. And you know what? If I don't get recognized by anybody, I know my God loves me. One day, I'll meet Him face to face, and He will say to me, "Well done." Christopher Palmer, and that's what you want to hear too. I know you do.
Example, you know, I do this, and, and you know what? This disciplining ourselves in love is sometimes not an easy thing to do, but I can tell you you can do it. But here's how you do it. You start. You start with anything. You just start it. And I used to go about, I used to read John. John's one of my favorite Gospels. And I'd say, what the heck does he think he is? He goes about saying, I'm the one he loves. I'm leaning up on He's leaning on my shoulder. He loves me. I'm the disciple he loves. Well, what about all the other boys? Who do you think you are, John? John had a revelation of how much he was loved by God. So I started doing that. First, I had a problem with it. And then I started doing it. I said, I'm the one he loves. And I didn't feel like it. I can honestly tell you, I didn't feel like I was the one he loved. I knew he loved people. And I'd look in the mirror and I'd say, you're the one he loves. I'm the one that he loves. He loves me. He loves me. And that was many years ago, guys. And now, uh, I have total confidence. My God loves me. There's nothing that can separate me from the love of God. There's nothing that I can't do as long as I'm teamed up with Him because He loves me. Now, I don't confess to be Pastor Peter, but you know those that song. It's one of my favorites. And when I find myself getting in a little pity party, when I find myself, you know, being isolated and Jerry didn't say something nice to me or my kids didn't want to sit with me on my side of the booth, I, this is what I do. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life. What more could he give? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. That's how I keep myself disciplined. If he gave his life for me, Chris Palmer, phew, what more could he give you? What more could he give you, guys? So sing that little hymn, hum it, whatever you got to do. He loves me. What more could he do? We need to put ourselves in remembrance of that all the time. You know, not at communion time. I'm talking daily. We need to put ourselves in remembrance that he gave it all because he loves you and me. He loves us, man. He loves you. For the joy set before him, whipped, beaten, scored, spit upon, nailed to cross, thorns in his head, bleeding like you and I will never have to go through. Because he loves you. Because he loves me. Romans 8.31 Romans 8.31 We already kind of went over this a little bit, but Romans 8.31 What then shall we say to these things? To these persecutors, to these famines, to these things that are coming against us. If our God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Amen. What's that? Some things? Eight thing? All things. What more could he do? He gave his life. All things would be health, wholeness, peace, the blessing, the blessing that was in the Garden of Eden and is now 
been ava made available unto you and I because of how much He loves you and me. He went to the cross for you and me. 5a, because there's two areas in, in number 5. 5a is love always allows a choice. Love always allows a choice. You need to understand this, guys. This is a biggie. That love allows a choice. Love is not a dictatorship. Okay? And a lot of people would like for God to be a dictator. Meaning, like, he says he has it all in the control of his hands, and he's omnipotent and omniscient, and, you know, he's all-knowing. You know, then how can these things be all taken place? How can all this tragic stuff be taken place? Listen, guys, you go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. There was a tree that was off-limits. That off-limit tree was a decision, a choice. If there wasn't no tree, there's no choice. And God then could have been qualified as a dictator because there would have been no choice. You would have had to follow after Him. You would have had to do it His way. And a lot of people would, would say, well, I really wish that would have happened that way. That's not who love is. Love requires a choice. Love allows a choice. I'm going to give you an example of it. Now, you're not going to tell Jerry about this one because it's just a funny example. And, and I've used it many times. But Love is not a dictatorship. Love is a force, but God will not force himself on you or me. Love is a force. It's a powerful force, one of the most powerful forces there are. But he will not force himself on you or me. You and I are the deciding factors. You and I are deciding factors. Here's, here's, an, here's that example I was telling you about. Okay, I was single for the longest time. I mean, I didn't get married until I was 38 years old. And I wondered even if it was in God's plan for me to get married. But I use this example. This really didn't happen, but check this out. I'm walking down Main Street, and I'm on this side of the street, and I see Jerry walking up that side of the street. And I look over there, and I say, whoa. She looks fine. And I look at her and I whistle and she just keeps walking. And I say, I look over there and I say, whoa, I, I mean, I, I think I like her. I, I think that I would want her to be mine. I cross over Main Street. I go over to her and say, hey, what's your name? She says, Jerry. She continues to walk. And I say, I think I love you. I think I want you to come with me and be my wife. I want you to have my babies. I want you to cook for me, clean for me. <laughs> I want you to be mine. And I pick her up, throw her on my shoulders, and I take her home. Now, what would that be? <laughs> yeah. and, and you said it right there. You said a mess. And we see all around this world where there is no choices, where it's under dictatorship, under communism, and it is a mess, right? It's a mess. Because they're not a choice. They tell you how many kids you can have. They tell you where you can live. They tell you where you can work. They tell you where you... Everything. There's no choice. And if you've ever been around people like that, man, they are so oppressed. They're under a thumb like this, and there's no choice. God is not that way. God always allows a choice, guys. And that's what love is. Love says you can choose me or reject me. It breaks the Father's heart if you reject Him. But he loves you so much that he will allow you to, to make that decision. That's powerful. That's a force. Okay? The love commandment, John 4, 20 to 21. John 4, 
20 to 21. John 4. Sorry, 1st John. Sorry guys, 1st John. heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. That's obviously not the right verse either. Sorry about that. 1 John 5, 1 John 5, 3-5 For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not burdensome. For wherever for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Amen. Amen? Here it is. I'm sorry. It was uh, it was uh, 1 John 4, 20-21. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Hmm. In this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. So I'm talking about the commandment, the love commandment. Okay, and 1 Peter 4.8 says, Above all things have fervent love for one another. Okay, so we've looked at, and you know what? I'm looking up at the clock right now. Uh, we've understood that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. We've understood today. We've looked at that how much he loves me. He loves me. And I can do all things through love who strengthens me. And there isn't anything that I can't do because I don't have fear anymore. I will not allow fear to attach itself to me. And we're going to have to end there. And I'm still halfway through this loved one. So you're just going to have to come back, okay? Because I don't want to hold you up. And I know people have other commitments to do. But you dwell on those verses. And when we meet up here again in a couple weeks, we'll, we'll look at it again. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you and praise you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for your word, Lord, that you've uh, planted inside of us this day. I thank you that it shall bear much fruit. I thank you, Lord, that you will grace us, enable us, equip us to walk out this love walk, Father, that we shall be like you. And I thank you, Lord, for those opportunities this day, Lord, that we'll be able to put this word into action, Father. We will be doers of it. And we will see you, Father, in and through it. I thank you and praise you for great results, Father, to come back. Praise reports. Thank you, Lord. Thank you in advance for all that shall take place in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys.